Hey, writers, join our first draft weekly writers club. We meet every Tuesday from 12 to 1 Eastern time. For more information, go to writingclassradio.com and click on the classes tab. Hey guys, this is Allison Langer, and this is Writing Class Radio, where you'll hear stories from our class and writing tips as well. Today, I'm your host. You give me the sweetest taboos. You give me, you give me the sweetest taboos. That smoky voice echoes. Everything we say and think is somewhere in a song. I can't say it. I can't feel it. I can't respect it. I can't reveal it. I can't talk about what I want to talk about. I want to talk about love. I want to talk about you, but I can't. It's taboo. Mama said you can't talk about Grandpa, and Carolina said you can't talk about us. I can't talk about my weight. I can't talk about my boss, but I want to. And I tell you true, I'm going to write about all this shit and things that we're not supposed to do, like you eat the apple from the tree and and spin till you're dizzy and fall down and look up at the sky and all the drugs and sex and stuff that's fly. I want to talk about all that. I really, really do, but it's taboo. That was Frenchie. She's a student in our class who often likes to break out in song. Today, we're talking taboo. This episode is definitely not PG, so if you're in the car listening with your kids, beware. You may remember Inessa from previous episodes. She's not a kid anymore, but her mom still tells her what not to say. A few weeks ago, my mom and her friend Svetlana sat me down for a pep talk. Svetlana said, We all know you're a very smart and attractive woman. Da, da, concurred my mother. But something is uh, seriously wrong with the way you're dating. Some topic must not be visited when you dating. She was referring to the date I had the night before with the guy from eHarmony. After he told me his wife left him for another for another man, I decided to be transparent as well and told him I had frozen my eggs in March. Svetlana said, never, ever talk about your vagina with men. Inessa, said my mom. I'm shocked. But he broke a cardinal dating rule, I said, and he talked about his last relationship. Why aren't you guys shocked about that? Svetlana said, he's man. He have no idea what mean freeze eggs. To him, every time he will think of you, he will now imagine frozen vagina. (laughs) (laughs) Mama said, please, please promise us you will just keep your mouth shut. (laughs) Laugh, be light, talk about your travels, Rome, Vienna, Ukraine, mountains. You have so many topics, just not your pisco. Yeah. Maybe talking about reproduction on a first date is not advisable. But if you do feel the need to be specific on a date, in my experience, saying pussy gives you a much better chance of getting laid. So last week, 20 new students signed up for our monthly writing workshop. 
In preparation for this episode, we gave the prompt, pussy. Pussy. I, I don't even know how to pronounce it. I hate that word. I hate euphemism, especially diminutives. Pussy sounds like a diminutive. In Spanish, there's this tendency to use diminutives to bypass taboos. We don't say black, we say little black. Negro, negrito. We don't say fat, we say little fat. Gorda, gordita. Pussy resonates with totona, a silly Venezuelan word for pussy, an, eph- an euphemism to infantilize pussy. Men love this word. I feel like a dirty whore saying it. Is, is it okay to be a dirty whore? I bet it's more fun than being scared of a word like pussy. Pussy. I never thought a writing class filled with women would turn out to be the lesbian chronicles. <laughs> How refreshing to hear women talk about their pussies so openly without the burden of ha- hearing about the dicks that usually hang around them. A self-help group session disguised as a writing class, disguised as a stand-up comedy class where nobody's a pussy and everybody shares. Um, Pussy, I hate this word. It sounds degrading, but I think it's generational. I'm so confused about how to think about objectifying women. I call myself superficial. I come from a long line of vain women. Looks matter. Men used to look at me and I liked it. Now I feel invisible. Pussy. I, I love hearing the word pussy. That's not why I gave this prompt. I don't think. At least not consciously. That I know of. That's me intellectually masturbating. I like my pussy best when it's waxed. That's when I love to show it off. At the gym, to the masseuse, to my vibrator. I use a... Mi- I use a mirror so I can look at it when I masturbate, and in general, I just walk around feeling hot and sexy. When it's not waxed, I'm mean. Not only mean, but angry. I don't like sex, I don't want sex, can't even understand why anyone would even think about sex. I pussy. I started giving mine a haircut at 50. I trimmed it a bit before, but at 50 I took a beard trimmer to it at the smallest setting. And then I looked in the mirror. It looked again like I did at 12 or maybe 10, my slit pronounced, my labia visible. Girl, you look young, my brother said at the airport, having flown in for my birthday dinner. I sure am, I said. Uh, The first time I ever saw a pussy was at Frankie Estrada's house. Me and about a half dozen post-pubescent boys sitting around the VCR and TV viewing his dad's porn video collection while his parents were away. This particular video was graphic with extreme close-ups. I being very naive and uh, not aware, back in those days women had big hairy bushes and for the first five minutes I was baffled and wondering why we were looking at women's hairy underarms. (laughs) I absolutely love pussy like any heroin addict is obsessed with his morphine. I love licking pussy, kissing pussy, touching pussy, rubbing pussy, and just flat out staring at it. I guess you could call it a compulsion itself, but ever since I was a little boy, I couldn't get enough of seeing it. 
I can remember when I used to look through the JCPenney magazines when I was five years old looking for naked women's bodies to get excited about. I love pussy so much that I often call myself a lesbian trapped in a man's body. I often found my dad's penthouse, I, after I found my dad's penthouse collection in the top portion of his closet, it was all over. I then started inviting the neighborhood kids over to do photo shoots. I would stand there naked pretending a Reese's peanut butter cup box was my camera and directing Amber and Drew to pose like the pictures I had been studying so diligently. I used to thought maybe I could get a job taking pictures of pussy. That would be a dream come true. <laughs> you have a big pussy, Alex said during sex. Oh my God, what does that mean? Is that a good thing, a bad thing? Oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. How can my pussy be so big and from what? Oh, I'm so embarrassed, Jesus. Oh God, oh God. Hearing the word pussy in class made me laugh. It also made me feel closer to the other students. It made them more human and real, like we broke through a barrier. I have to admit, it has taken me years to get used to that word. Andrea and I started talking about it while we were putting this episode together. Do you remember the first time you heard the word pussy? No, no. But I do remember I had a friend named Elijah who used to say pussy like really naturally. And I thought that was cool. Like in what context? Mm, <laughs> what? Um, okay. Like You're how, right. How like why would... not naturally? Like, hey, pussy, what's up? No, or, no, no. Guy's such a pussy. Or... No, no. No, she would be talking about her vagina. Oh, it was a girl. Yeah, a woman. Oh. A, yeah, a woman. She would just say, I, I don't know. Like, my pussy that? Yeah. Whatever really? she was. Yeah. And she said it like it was not a thing other than, you know, her pussy. Where was she from? California. It's funny. We're talking about, like, when is the first time we heard the word pussy? Like, where were you when the space <laughs> shuttle blew up? <laughs> Where, say it like that. Where were you when no. JFK was shot? It took me a while to get used to it. I've got to say. It just didn't come naturally. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I, I'm all for like using words until they're not weird anymore. Well, it's not weird anymore after class the other day. But it was weird in class. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun in class, I thought. Yeah, it was fun. It wasn't fun for everyone, because sometimes saying pussy puts people off. One of our contributing musicians doesn't want to be associated with us anymore, since we can't get through an episode without at least one fuck, and in this episode, at least 25 pussies. Next, Sally Zilberstein and Mary Parker tell their stories from the community workshop in response to the prompt, Fat. Fuck. Masturbation. I have felt fat my entire life. I now wish I could be the weight I was when I felt fat then. Because I always felt fat, I was never comfortable being naked, but that didn't mean I didn't like sex. Before I got married, I fucked more than I would admit to my children now, and I had more partners previous to marriage than my husband did, a lot more. I never admitted to him how many more. Back to the fat part. Feeling fat, you feel like you have to put out if you want a man to date you. It worked, but usually only once. I did get married, and I stayed faithful for the 23 years we were married, and for a few years after that. I've never masturbated in my, I had never masturbated in my life. I just couldn't see how I could pleasure myself. It just wasn't me. 
around the time that my mother was di dying, I was dating a guy, really just fucking this guy because my head was in this weird place. My mother was a vegetable in bed and I couldn't help her. I needed a release and he was it. He bragged about being well endowed and he was not kidding. <laughs> we did things in bed that I had never ever done before, not when I was in college and definitely not with my husband. He told me to buy a vibrator so that we could play with it together. We had some very sexually satisfying nights together, but it wasn't a relationship. My mother died, and after a few months, so did my desire for him, but not my desire for the vibrator. <laughs> I still can't masturbate without assistance from a device, but when I am not dating a man, I am dating my Mr. Nice Guy. And now here's Mary Parker, who heard F-A-C-T, fact, instead of F-A-T, fat. In my opinion, it seems to make the story even funnier. Fact, fuck, masturbation. <laughs> fact. <laughs> fact. I haven't had sex with a man since January 25th, 2015. That's when I found out that the man I still love and care about has a wife and kids. Another fact, I think about him, Alex, every day. I think about sex every day. Usually it's Alex and sex in the same thought. Every once in a while, over the last year and a half, he calls me or I call him. When he mentions sex, I think he's being a dick. Ha ha. <laughs> no, for real, seriously. Sometimes I call him and every blue moon I say, do you ever think about me and you? You know. I mean, at 53 years old, I still can't talk out loud about sex, fucking. It doesn't matter what kind of sex. I turn into a reserved, oppressed person. Sometimes I tell him that I wish it could be like it was the first six years I knew him. Then he says, boo, you need to masturbate. You need someone in your life. Well, that's a pretty fucked up thing to say. <laughs> He's probably getting it all the time. I can, I can, never, I can barely say that word out loud. I don't, I don't think about masturbation. <laughs> Hey, this is Andrea. I want to weigh in on the use of taboo words. You need to be conscious of the words you choose, because shocking, for shock's sake, might not serve the story. I was totally drawn in when Sally said she fucked. That was an appropriate use of the word. She was not making love. In Mary's case, she had to use the word masturbate because that was her point. She's 53 and still feels uncomfortable saying any sexual words out loud. Hey, it's Allison again. So now that we've shared a few stories from our students, I feel it's only fair to be really uncomfortable myself. Here's my masturbation story. When I was little, I used to play on the jungle gym in our backyard. One time I was climbing the fireman pole and something twinged in my underpants. My body vibrated with the most enjoyable feeling. After that, I spent every afternoon climbing that pole just so I could feel that again. And because I wanted to feel that feeling more, I tried lying under the water in my bathtub. The water drizzled over me with just enough pressure to bring on that jolting feeling that built and built until I shook and then calmed. When I wasn't in the shower, I lay under blankets while watching TV. My fingers looked for the proper trigger points and I shuddered over and over again. Some Saturdays, I'd be on the couch for so long 
that my dad would pass through on his way out to play golf in the morning. Gorgeous day out. I hope you don't waste the whole day away on that couch. Then after 18 holes and lunch with the boys, he'd find me in the same spot. I'd have seen three movies and a Saturday afternoon special feature. He'd glance in my direction on the way to the shower and say, please tell me you got out today. But he wouldn't stop. I didn't share my secret with anyone. I thought that maybe something was freaky about me, abnormal. None of my friends talked about this, so I just kept it to myself. The great thing about that is it's just something that people don't talk about, and it's something that's very normal. So it's just, it. I mean, it's sort of a taboo topic. Yeah. And, the and No, I love the modesty of the way it's written. Mm. It's, it's thorough, yet and succinct yet modest, which I think is brilliant. Right. She didn't use the M word once. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's important. Right. Yeah. Oh my God. Right. No, and that's what's discreet. Mm-hmm. Very discreet. What you just heard was our class commenting on Allison's story. A few students noticed how she told the whole masturbation story without saying the words masturbation, orgasm, or pussy. So I just said them for her. Before we get to our next story, I'd like to tell you about our sponsor, The New Tropic. The New Tropic publishes an email and newsletter with everything you need to know about what's happening in Miami. They create content about Miami and provide an events calendar. Andrew and I both love it and read it every morning. The New Tropic. Live like you live here. Next, Nikki Post tells her story about abortion. According to Nikki, abortion isn't as much a taboo in Korea as it is here in the States. She was the first person I told when my pregnancy test was positive. Well, the second person. First I told Kyle, and then I cried, and then I went to work and I told my Korean boss. Two weeks before, I woke up with severe pains in my abdomen and in my sides. Grace took me to the hospital where the doctor told me, without taking a urine test, that I'm probably just stressed out. I've been stressed before, I told him, but I've never had a physical reaction like this. I pulled out the package of the Korean version of the morning after pill I had taken two days before. Could it be because of this? I asked him, waving the box in front of me. No, just stress, he said. Still no urine test. I couldn't have known at the time that my body was fighting so hard against the drugs I had taken to prevent a baby, to protect the baby that was already growing inside of me. Two weeks later, I was back in the computer lab with the door closed. The doctor was wrong, I told Grace. I'm pregnant. In the United States, my boss would not be the first person I would tell. In Korea, however, abortion is not taboo, and I didn't know what to do or where to go. But Grace would know, and she did know. And one hour later, she told me I had an appointment on Friday at 6 p.m. Nikki brings up a really good point. Things considered taboo here in the States may not be taboo in other parts of the world. Which got me thinking, what do people consider taboo? I asked some people at the gym. Okay, I'm here at the gym and I'm asking these girls what they think, um, what they think of when they hear the word taboo. What, what comes to mind? Multiple partners. 
<laughs> Taboo for me is uh, something that everybody would like to speak about, but not always is prepared to do it. Is there anything specific that you would say? That you can you... have taboos about many matters, uh, sex, religion, uh, politics even, uh, many, many things. So we're, I'm doing a podcast, and then this episode is about things that are taboo. Would you mind being recorded about your opinion when you hear the word taboo? I don't know. I think I just, I think when I hear the word taboo, it's like... It makes me kind of curious. Now I want to. Now I want to know what they think. <laughs> I want to hear it. I'm sure asking another three people would yield another three taboo subjects. What I've learned is, no one taboo is taboo for everyone. I've learned sometimes in writing, you have to say the taboo word, or you just look like a prude. Other times, it's more effective to allude to the taboo word rather than say it. Thanks to the Mortified podcast. I learned that May is International Masturbation Month. And after saying pussy 672 times in this episode, I learned the more I say pussy, the less taboo it feels. But hey, Dad, if you're listening, Andrea made me say it. We want to hear from you. Write for 10 minutes, then send us a voice memo with your response to What's Taboo to You? This is for all my ladies out there who have a problem with their gas. Writing Class Radio is produced by Diego Saldana Rojas, Andrea Asquitz, and me, Allison Langer, with editorial help from Misha Morell and Sonash Chainani. Theme music by Adriel Borshansky. Additional music by Ari Hirschstan, Alien Sex Queen, Taryn Southern, and Misha Morell. Check out all our musicians on our website. Writing Class Radio is sponsored by and recorded at the University of Miami School of Communication. This episode is also sponsored by the New Tropic. There's more writing class on our website. Study the stories we study and listen to our craft talks. There's no better way to understand ourselves and each other than by writing and sharing our stories. Everyone has a story. What's yours? Oh, God. Oh, God. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast. Heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.